Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. We're still here. We're still we're still here. Were we going somewhere? No, I've just been, uh, it's been work all day, go immediately outside to the shop, work on the shop, go to bed. Yeah, I heard, I heard you're putting the Home Depot people's kids through school. Yeah, I'll be doing that again as soon as I leave here tonight, where I'm going back to get more sheetrock, more insulation. I got a two by sixes. I mean, is your dad going to want to go home? He, he seems, doesn't want to go home. He seems very happy in your tool shop and, and building you things. So. He doesn't want to go home, but my, da- my mom doesn't have a lot to do. <laughs> yes, so, I understand. Yeah, so I understand. They, I'm driving back with them partway next week nice. a little bit to get them back. Okay. But uh, they'll be back in probably end of summer. They're just literally like in a few months. I'm going to fly over there and then fly back with them. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, your dad is an incredible, incredible man. I've, I've talked about it before, but it's like he's the old school guy that sits there and just eyeballs a board and goes, cut it here, and it's perfect, and it's the perfect yep. angle. And 100%. <laughs> I, was yep. watch, I was watching him frame in, in, in this like you know, your ceiling of your barn or your, your shop, and he, he just comes down, looks at goes, cuts a board, goes up there, fits perfectly. <laughs> I'm like, did, I'm like, did yeah, you measure kind of that? Annoying. He goes, no. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So since he's been there, we've built the deck off the guest house. The sliding door off the guest house, redone a bunch of the outlets in the guest house, fixed the sink in the guest house, replaced the toilet in the toilet? guest house. Okay, yeah. That's the guest house stuff. Um, the shop, we've um, built the the office up top of the shop, built the staircase, framed it, insulated it, put a window up there, put an air conditioner up there, put a new electrical panel in the shop, put new wiring in the shop. I mean, the whole shop has new wiring. The entire building has proper 14-2 for the lights, proper 20 uh, uh, 10-2 for the sockets. Every, every socket's a 20-amp socket. I've dedicated circuits now for you have, AC. You, you have the right socket for like if you yes. wanted to plug in a, I don't know, a welder? A welder, yeah. yeah okay. So I have 50-amp for the welder now. Okay. So I went from that 100-amp panel to 225-amp panel. Like, And let's see, cut the garage, the, the shop doors, because we had the cement poured outside and they were too long, which was expected. But cut those level now. So they slide, fix the slider up top, um, fix the roof, yeah, this is just been in this panel like two weeks. It's weird for me to see you be the assistant to somebody because usually yeah. I'm your assistant. And right. so, I mean, watching you kind of go around with your dad's kind of neat. I have learned more in two weeks with my dad than I have in like two years of home ownership. That's so And awesome. I love it. So I can't wait to have it back. It's been awesome having my dad there. We've It's just so much fun to spend time with my dad and learn so much because he, like I said in the last episode, my dad knows how I learn. And so like it just comes right back to being a kid again where I can just consume everything like a sponge and only because nobody can teach me like my dad. So, awesome. Father's Day's coming up, and I'm really thankful. So for Father's Day, you got him uh, a farm that you bought, and he gets yes. to build. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe another apartment we'll build out there. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the office we're in now, and this is basically, I came in here, we'll talk uh-huh. more to our guests in a second. I was like, hey, look, it's my future office on a much larger scale, but my new office is basically the studio office, and so there's like there's sound panels in here. I just love this place I'm yeah. having right now. <laughs> I'm geeking out. I kind of knew we were coming here. I didn't know if you knew, but I, I kind of knew this existed because he talked to me about it. So yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not. So I'm just like literally. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm like ideas, ideas, ideas. Oh, I should do that. That's a really good idea. Yeah, this is really yeah. sweet. And I'm and I'm really geeking out over the sure microphone that's right next to me because mm-hmm. I want to get SM7Bs for the studio. Like oh. that's that's the go to, and this is the guy to ask. And okay. we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'm going to do a quick Carter Automotive group tip. Um, we were talking about camping this summer. I know you've done some camping this summer. Yeah. And we have a shop talk coming up where, where Megan and you and I in our group chat were talking about her kids not having shoes again and then uh, getting <laughs> camping stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, car camping. we got to talk about that. So I'm going to lead in with this Carter Automotive group 
uh, tip of the week for car camping because as I was writing the episode, I'm just going to do this as a little teaser for the next episode. I was like, man, what, what stuff do we need to talk about? Writing, we don't write episodes. <laughs> no, I meant like writing like ideas and things oh, I want to okay. talk uh, about. Like, you know, like, yeah, oh, we should talk about this. Yeah. It's a car camping yeah. episode that's what's coming okay. up. And so I was like, oh, okay, I want to touch on this topic and stuff. And I realized I was like, oh, I got to get my tent out one of these days. Yeah, you should definitely do that before you go car camping. Now, I've gone car camping in a lot of cars before, but before you go out, if you have a tent that you haven't checked on in like a year, and it's in a space where you don't check on it a lot, it may have holes in it, it may have a bunch of mildew on it. Did I tell you this story? No. Well, yeah, that's because I, that's why I had, this is why when I went camping two weeks ago, I had to buy a brand new tent, a brand new mattress. I pulled my tent out after 15 years, and it smelled so bad, and there were so many holes in it, I had to get rid of it. You didn't tell me the story. Oh, I thought I, I was like, I was like, are you just reciting the story I said to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. Nick and I just share a oh. telepathic <laughs> half a brain. Oh yeah. And REI, this happens. I, I built up all my REI points before yeah. I bought new tent. Every, yeah. It was, I opened it in my apartment and so bad I had to keep the windows open for two days afterwards and I unrolled it briefly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. This is even Sorry. worse yeah. with rooftop tents though. And uh, a lot yes. of you, I'm pointing the finger at you car people with rooftop tents. You know who you are, who use them like once a year, but leave them on all year round and they're just filled with mildew to the brim yeah you got to air that stuff out and before you go car camping and plan that big trip don't be the person who realizes the day before that when you pull out your tent it smells like a mouse has been living in there and has raised like multi-generations of families because it will you and can't just open it and get on the freeway that no, won't work, <laughs> it won't so, work. you know it makes an excellent once, parachute just once yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so before you do all that car camping roll out your sleeping bags roll out your tents roll out your gear anything that could be wet before take your um if you're going hiking your uh backpack with your uh the water storage water bladders, the yeah. yeah if you have a bladder in there make sure that's dried out in mine, I actually stuff uh, a bunch of paper towels in mine after I empty it, just and then I just leave them in there. And it's mice don't get to it; my stuff sealed away. But like all that stuff, go through that stuff. Even water bottles. If you're like, "Oh, it's my favorite water bottle." When's the last time you cleaned out that water bottle? Has been sitting in there with water in it for the last month and a half. Like, it's funny. Could I, you poison a reservoir with it at this point? Maybe. I, I haven't opened my water bottle from the Wyoming trip since we went on Wyoming and I cleaned See? it I cleaned it before but a couple of days ago I opened it and I was like because I was going to take it with me I was like oh god but yeah I would suggest do that once a year even if you're not going to go camping because I'm going to now do that I'm going to set up my tent once a year yep. and just you know let it air out but yeah yeah so before so, you go check funny. all yeah. that gear and yeah. uh, we'll talk way more in depth about the gear you should have in your car um, We Nick and I do a lot of car camping I'm assuming Megan probably does even more than us actually I haven't talked to her about that but the well, way she, her and her she puts all of her money out. into her cars and stuff your kids don't have shoes like you said but right. you know, other than that yeah yeah, they go hunting, though. I mean... Barefoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta teach them young. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need feet. No, I get you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. So, we are in this awesome studio space with... Uh, let's see. If you're a, a Seattleite, and uh, I guess probably about the 80s and 90s, what, we're going into that. This is a radio voice you may hear, um, but... Casey Kasem, everybody. No. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> no, the original voice of Scooby Doo. Yeah, rest in peace. Right. Um. Anyway, no, Barry Long. Welcome to the show. We've been really looking forward to having you. you came highly recommended from Josie Rimmer. So. Sweet. Well, I see you're both. Uh, you have your Dirtfish attire on, so you know, you know it's kind of just going the there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of the way Dirtfish does us. They've mm-hmm. been friends with us for so long, and Josie and everything. They just sort of things just sort of end up in our cars, and like, hey, you should wear this. You should, and, and it's so darn comfortable. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, how like, fast they become family, right? Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. Oh, so quickly, yes, just such good people. No, um, a lot, as a lot of people know this, that we tell our, our our guests, we're like, if you know anybody that's interesting, you know. And Josie's one of those people where she may not come up with it right now, but in, in 10 days she will be thinking about you in a spot. And she sent me an email. She's like, you got a bear on the show. And I was like, 
I was like, that's all I need to know. I was like, if, if you recommend it, he's on. Like, yeah. and so it's taken a little while to get here, um, but we really appreciate you taking the time. And, and, you know, like I said, we are in his hidden studio somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, and this is really cool. So it's a lot of memorabilia yeah. here. Cool shop set up. So, yeah, we're a little bit into music. Yeah, a little bit. Let's talk about that. Like, where did you grow up? I grew up in Bellevue, actually. In Bellevue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. a local boy. And local so boy. So I grew up listening to KISW, wanting to be a DJ my whole life. That was how it all started. I, I, I mean, I think we've all sat on the radio and thought, hey, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be fun. I was listening to the radio this morning. I had to drive into Seattle, and they were talking about that some DJ down in Oregon gave up her job for one day in a, in, a, to an AI, and you can't tell the difference in her voice. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> creepy no. it, and the ai called somebody and gave them tickets with her voice oh that's creepy yeah, it <laughs> so, is. yeah. that's terminator stuff right, right there yeah. i'll tell you yeah, yeah I mean, it's gonna ahead. happen so so how, how does one become a dj well i actually bribed myself into the radio station uh by doing a presentation from my college business class and i had to do it on a company so I did it on KISW, huh. and I went and interviewed everybody at the radio station for my project, and then when I got the A-plus on the project, I turned that in with this mock application to be an intern with it to the general manager of the station. Okay, I'm going to derail this for a second because I've been wanting to ask this question since I found out you worked at KISW. Yeah. Did you interview the Ricker? I know the Ricker. I met him afterwards. Yeah, yeah I was wondering yeah. how that was. He actually, that's how he talks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just so oh, you know. I know. I met him yeah. once, and I was like, no way. No, he was, was, he was actually way after my time. Uh, okay. So, yeah. 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 Nice. No, I, so I, I, I was, was from Spokane. Spokane. I didn't listen to that radio station, so I don't know what you're talking he about. But quite was quite the character. Okay. He, he was. Okay. Yeah, he was the... The Wolfman Jack of our time. Oh, yes. okay. Put it that yes. Fair enough. Just, okay. just to put it in perspective. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, so I actually got my gig because uh, I got a, an interview application, whatever you want to call it, with Kathy Faulkner, who was the late night jock, and she was the music director at the time. Okay. And I went in, and she didn't know about me being in a wheelchair, and immediately looked at me, and, and without really thinking about it, went, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work, because the music, a lot of this is upstairs, and I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. And and it was a valid question. So I just jumped out of my chair and climbed up the stairs on the on the ground. And it was like, you coming up here or what? She walked up the stairs, looked at me, and went, hey, you're hired. <laughs> and I was, you know, and she's been one of my best friends ever since. That's <laughs> awesome. She realized that, you know, the chair was just a means of transportation. And I really wanted to work at KISW. So, <laughs> you like, know what I was great? Was, wall. And then the meetings actually all ended up being downstairs anyhow, because everybody felt guilty about me having to jump out of my chair. And plus, my pants would come down sometimes when I climbed the stairs. And it just got really ugly really fast. So. <laughs> you're on radio. People know if you're wearing pants. Yeah, nobody so knows. Yeah. yeah well, right. so then actually, my first day as an intern, what I was supposed to do was come in and pull all the records. You know, this I'm dating myself now, but we were using carts and records and, and I had to pull all the records for the next show. Well, the records were up above my head because I'm super short being in a chair. So one of the, I don't even know who it was to this day. One of the jocks actually got together, bought one of those little alligator clips that had the little, um, uh, the little suction cups on them and yeah. they flipped it sideways because normally they grab oh, yeah, horizontally. Yeah. Well, they turned it vertically so I could slip it in between records and actually pull the records out. So I could do my job. The, the day, first day I showed up, I was like, these guys are freaking awesome. That's but they really had cool. thought it through. And boom, next thing you know, I'm an intern right in the middle of the Seattle music scene. It really sucked. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. It Nothing was a terrible was time. Nothing was happening in yeah. Seattle, right? That's so, true. I mean, yeah. that's, Back um, at the height of the music scene. I mean, this too. was 91. Yeah, yeah golden like age. the end of, 90, beginning of 1992. So okay. it was literally the, yeah, the you peak. Know, when people showed up at the radio station, I've got funny stories about not knowing who they were because I'd never seen them. 
dressed without their hair down you know oh, <laughs> you, know, you right. see a dude on stage who's got hair down to his waist and that's all you see well kid looks like he's 15 years old walks in asked me for a cigarette a light to a cigarette and like shot him my zippo and then he lit up and i went oh dude you can't smoke in the station he's like oh i'm sorry man and he walked out of the studio and a little while later kathy came in and was like look idiot rock stars can smoke in the freaking radio station went, who was that she goes that was jerry cantrell from allison chain <laughs> oh my god i feel such an ass right now i just told jerry cantrell he can't smoke in the station you know <laughs> you don't look like you sound it's like, like on right. my records like i've never seen you with your hair <laughs> yeah, up exactly. man you look like you're Wait a minute, he was nice he put his hair back I know. you can't be a rock what star <laughs> he got me back though later i was at the rock candy watching a band called grunt truck and all of a sudden some dude reached over my head snagged my cigarette out of my mouth and i was like what the hell i look back and it's him walking away and he's like you can't smoke in the rock candy man <laughs> that's like, a really oh. good story you know that's how to make friends with rock that stars exactly right there yeah, 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 make friends with rock stars. yeah i'll teach funny. you to tell no to a rock star that's yeah right. first time I ever staged it was rock candy i missed that place no way yeah. awesome that was my I'm sorry, one of my favorite the first places. time you state stage dove is that yeah. what you just said yeah, that was when I partied Who on the. Who are you? That's okay, I, I grew up. Okay, I grew up less in the country, so this is. I'm. That was when I'm I partied on the bus. This was part of our okay. world. Yeah, yeah. That's when I partied on the bu- yep. bus with Bloodhound Gang. Oh, oh right. yeah, nice. <laughs> the Bloodhound Gang. Those guys were yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those guys partied like uh, like what you picture Motley Crue partied like, and it was a little terrifying, but in a fun way. <laughs> well, you both yeah. survived your uh, your your ordeals. Yeah. So my yeah. first crowd surf in the wheelchair was at Moe's. At most. <laughs> yeah. And it was at the Presidents of the United States Says of America. America. And they were about halfway through their set. And I was in the mosh pit in my wheelchair. And all of a sudden, these two big guys look like Mr. Clean. We're like, dude, you need to go up on top. And I was like, all right. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> Boom. Next thing you know, I'm crowd surfing. And what's the, the worst? I fall and the, can't yeah, walk. I'm Yeah, exactly. What do I do? Break my back? <laughs> yeah. So they, I'm, I'm crowd surfing back and forth. And then I got down. I was like, that was so cool. And all of a sudden, the event staff guy grabs me and hucks me out of the club. He pulls me. He's like, dude, that was a liability to us and you and everybody else and i'm outside arguing with him i was like dude this new thing called the ada just passed you can't do this to me and all of a sudden the door opens up and this guy comes out he goes dude get the handicapped guy back in here he goes the band stopped playing and said they're not going to play until the wheelchair guy comes back because somebody had gone up and told the drummer they'd kick me out also, so gonna night, go, i'm in a wheelchair like, like they asked i i didn't have control over this what it's not like i climbed up on stage and rolled awesome. off into the crowd we, ended, like, up, we yeah. ended up hanging out with the band afterwards and, you know 20 25 years later, I'm I'm watching Casper Baby Pants, who's the lead singer of the Presidents with the yeah. kids, and my kids are all out there running around, and my buddy who was with me that night, the two of us were backstage, like, dude, we just had the full circle of Seattle music. <laughs> 20-something years ago, I was crowd surfing, now our kids are moshing to Casper Baby Pants. I love Seattle. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm, just, I'm in awe right now. I just kind of That's in. so cool. <laughs> okay, so we brought it up. Let's talk about the chair. Okay. How, did, how did this happen? So when I graduated, I grew up in Bellevue, elementary school, junior high, high school, and then I needed to get out. I was planning on going to Pullman. That's a rough I was born. I was born. Uh, yeah, it was rough then. You know, all the BMWs, like, bringing the puppy. You know. So nothing has changed. I had planned <laughs> on going to Pullman my whole life. That was the focus. I was born on campus. My parents were cougs. and then uh, high school was what it was, and I was just about partying out of high school and the thought of actually going to Pullman. Yes. Man, I was born in Pullman too. This sounds so funny. I don't know if I could have survived it. So <laughs> yeah. I decided I wanted to go travel and, and do something. And my dad's a CPA. It was retired now, but he's like, no way. He's like, if you don't go to college, you're getting a job. And I mean, you're getting a job today. So 
the the kingdom had this thing called the sportsman show and i was actually looking at trying to get a boat a job on the love boat because i mean i'd seen the love boat i know what happens on the love boat fair enough so i went and bought <laughs> Wait, a travel magazine <laughs> yeah well it wasn't my world <laughs> oh, okay, man i was 18 years old fair enough. okay you, you know, have a boat and you're 18 that's you're on the right okay, that's exactly right, right. right. so so, you know. okay. so on the back of the <laughs> travel so magazine yeah. the magazine had this advertisement for the sportsman show and i thought well maybe i could get a job on the love boat man so i went to the high school and i made 75 or 100 business cards with my name and address and phone number on them and i cut them in the big paper cutter at the high school and i went down my mom dropped me off at the kingdom and i went in looking for a job and i went to every single booth in the kingdom walked up was like what do you do oh we're a dude ranch out of wyoming you know what i've always wanted to do that here's my car give me a call <laughs> and the next one was a fishing boat out of cabo i've always wanted to do yeah, that here's yeah, my sure. job and you know i'm a fishing lodge out of alaska and i got home and dad was like how'd that go i went oh i don't know i didn't get a job and then the phone rang and the first guy who called me was actually Scottish, and I have no idea what he said. <laughs> and the like Robin Williams on Coke. <laughs> and, and the second guy was, uh, he's like, hey, kid, I, you came and talked to me at my booth. And I'm like, well, what booth? And he was like, oh, we had the fish on the wall. It's like, oh, that narrows it down. Oh, yeah. It's a fishing lodge yeah. show. And he said, hey, I've I'm always building wanted a, to work at a booth with a fish on exactly the wall. That's exactly right. <laughs> sure, yeah. You got it. You yeah. get it. Okay. So anyhow, he's like, hey, you know, I like the fact that you don't know anything about anything. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I asked you if you know how to wire. No. And plumb, no. Build, no. Fish, no. Hunt, no. And I'm like, why are we talking, man? And he's like, because I don't have to retrain you of any bad habits. Yeah. He goes, you want to go to Alaska? And I'm like, yep. Yep. And I didn't even think to ask where. And then I said, when? Do, you, do I need to meet you at SeaTac? He went, no, we're driving. He goes, meet me at this address in Kirkland at two four, like 345 on Tuesday morning. So I went upstairs like, mom, dad, I got a job. And they're like, where? I went, I don't know, in Alaska somewhere. And dad's like, do you know how big Alaska is? <laughs> and he got out the old Just atlas. Stayed up. Yeah. We're fine. He got out the atlas and it was like, this part appears the North Pole. Well, now I'm 18 and I just, you know, it was like, I'm going to Alaska, Dad. He told me to get a job. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm a rebel. So at 345, my parents dropped me off and the guy told me to bring my favorite outfit and an empty duffel bag and we'll fill it in Canada. And we drove to Alaska and ended up on a remote fly or remote island in Southeast Alaska. And when we got there, it was a, a shell of a lodge and a little hunting cabin. And a backhoe. And mm. the first thing that my job was, was I was getting to dig the hole with the backhoe to build the outhouse. <laughs> and we literally built a That's fishing important. hunting lodge. It was okay. it was cool, man. Yeah. It was a sweet gig. I, and the dude taught me how to build, and he taught me how to wire and plumb and fish and hunt. And, and then four months later, we had guests show up, and I was a fishing <laughs> hunting guide. Here's a PBS show called Alone in the Wilderness. That's Watch right. it on repeat. Like, hey. <laughs> when, what was it? Bill Prennicky. Yeah, Bill like, Prennicky. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was pretty much what it was. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. Uh, so I'm just thinking of those first people like looking at you being like, they had no what, idea. what did you shoot up here last time? Yeah, last time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. This is definitely not my first time up here. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't do a lot of hunting that yeah. first year, but fishing, yeah, I figured that out. But anyhow, so to your question of why I'm in a wheelchair, um, I did that. And then I would, I got to know one of the captains of the boats that would come and do like cruises around our Island. Like every three weeks they'd come by. Mm -hmm. And one of them wanted to take his boat to Mexico. And I was like, dude, I'm on. So I took his boat to Mexico in the off season and I would live in Alaska in the summer and Mexico in the winter and get my tan back, talk to girls again. <laughs> it was a terrible job. But then what I would do is I would travel around the country doing the sportsman shows that I got my job at. And, you know, I get to this town and I hated not having transportation. You did end up working in a booth with a fish I on the did. wall. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And yeah. what was great was yeah. I would put my motorcycle in the crate. 
So we'd oh, ship the yeah, crate yeah. to wherever it was. I'd roll my bike out. I'd set my booth up with the fish on the mm-hmm. wall, and then I'd ride my motorcycle out. Yeah. And I was down in Portland, Oregon, doing the sportsman show down there, and it was uh, day five of a five-day show. I was staying at one of my best friend's house, his parents' house outside of Portland, and to get from their house to this show, there's this road called Marine View Drive, which is just this yeah. beautiful road that follows the Columbia River, yep. and it winds up by the airport, and, and then there's exactly a straightaway. Well, on that straightaway, four days in a row, I'd hit it faster every day. And I literally woke up on February 10th of 1991 and I went, I want to see how fast my bike can go on this thing. It was an on, uh, an old Honda, Honda Interceptor and it was the very oh, the first time. bike that had fairing and and Top Gun had just come out and yeah. you know, that was dangerous in itself. And then I'm shooting by the airport I was gonna, I was and I kid you not, two jam. F-14s yeah. took off <laughs> yeah. and I was Tom Cruise, man. Yeah. And I hit that straight away and there were four cars lined up in front of me and that wasn't part of the plan. So I made a split second decision to car, a truck went by, I pulled out, crossed the double yellow line and at about 110 miles an hour went by all four of them as one of them turned left in front of me and hit my back tire. So I was in an intersection. I was passing in a T-bone intersection, and as I shot through it, he he clipped my back tire, and it threw me about 75 feet across the pavement. I went between a telephone pole and the, the ground cable off of it, and I don't know how I missed those two. And then I flew off an embankment. I bounced on a cement flight of stairs and then hit a building, and the building shattered my spine and paralyzed me from the chest down, like, okay. immediately. Damn. So. So well, I was pretty the lucky. You missed, the building did it. That's well. The, we don't know yeah. if it was the stairs or the building, okay. but it could have been. And and it's it's they were moving. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a whole bunch of you know what ifs. And yeah. if I was a half a second faster, I'd have missed him. If I was a half a second slower, I'd have t-boned him, and I'd be dead. I mean, there's just yeah. there's no what if in life. It was just it is what it is. Jeez. And I was lucky because the woman who was in the car behind the truck that hit me was an OR neuro nurse. She jumped on out of her scene. car, ran down the hill, and sat on my head mm-hmm. because I was trying to get up and leave. I guess I had. Actually, I took my headphones off and wrapped them up and put them in my pocket because I knew I was in trouble for having headphones on. <laughs> and I found that well, out that had anything months to do with later. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah. and she was holding my head, and you know, somebody was looking out because there was an off-duty ambulance with two guys on their way home that watched me fly off a cliff, and they had me in the hospital in 19 minutes. Wow! And I sh- and I left a little over eight months later. Wow! Yeah, I crashed February 10th, and I left in October. Okay. So I did a long stint in the hospital to figure out what life was all about again. Well, that obviously stopped you in life because you didn't do anything after that. So uh, it just made me shorter. <laughs> I'm about breast height <laughs> right enough. now, so you know. That's <laughs> Fair a, you know that's a, at least you have no sense of humor either. That's all you look at. Well, you know, the view some, oddly got better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I just God. didn't get in trouble for it. the view is always <laughs> right? there. I just had a different perspective. My eyes are up here. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't. Yeah, exactly. My neck hurts. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is about perspective. <laughs> so they say. So they say. So I had some wild ones in the hospital. You know, I was there for a long time. I got to think about it. You know, I know yeah. what darkness is. You know, the day that I found out I was paralyzed, uh, it was the, the hospital's minister that actually told me. Because I'd been there for a while, lots of drugs and lots of surgeries, and just kind of in and out of, not consciousness, but reality. Right. And he was in my hospital room talking about something I wasn't even paying attention. And he just said, I realized it's really hard for a young man, young man your age to be permanently paralyzed. You're just like, I sucked the air out of the room real quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. My mom actually ran out of the room and I didn't know. Was that the the first time she had heard it too? That was when she realized I just found out. Oh, they they okay. had told me. Yes. But that was when yeah, it sunk you. in. Yeah, I got yeah. you. And I guess they had something that nobody was allowed to let me see them cry. It was one of those my mom told everybody coming in the room, don't let them see you cry. You know? yeah. And she realized yeah. she was about ready to bust that. So out she went. And I just looked at him and went, what? 
And then he got really uncomfortable and went, well, I'm here from Tuesdays and Thursdays from four to six. If there's anything I can do, here's my card. Now, somebody's always in the office. Jesus loves you. I know, exactly. <laughs> and, and I went, well, and then he was like, okay, well, I'm uncomfortable. And he walked out and my dad went out to console my mom. It's and one of those things where I thought you knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just figured out I didn't yeah. know. I guess yeah. the look on my face was pretty, uh, sure. you know. Uh, so anyhow, everybody walked out and my nurse, Val, who's still like my guardian angel, one of my favorite human beings alive. And she just looked at me with this kind of smirk, smile and went, do you have any questions? And I went, yeah, am I ever going to walk again? And she went, oh, no, you did it right. She's like, <laughs> you really destroyed your spinal cord. You're not going to walk again. She goes, do you have any other questions? And I went, no, I think I'd like to be alone. She went, okay, well, you've got the little button to call me when you're ready for somebody to come back in. And she walked out. <laughs> I mean. And it was the perfect thing. Okay. You know, it, it sounds harsh, but it no. was exactly what Barry needed at that moment. And she yeah. already knew that. She okay. was intuitive. And again, she's still one of my best friends in the whole world. I love her more than just about anybody. Because Val kind of walked me through that whole process. At first, you got to figure it out yourself, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And then, uh, whew. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's obviously being who we are, we, I've never experienced that, but to be told that, I mean, it, you know, obviously it has not stopped you in life. I mean, a lot of people, I have, I have met people and have had unfortunate accidents, things like that. And it, it is just, they've gone to a dark place, which I cannot even imagine. And they've never come back and that's mm-hmm. really tough. And so um, it's, it's amazing to kind of see what you have built and what you have done. And, you know, I'm trying to make this more uh, lively right no, now. It's, no. Well, no, so yeah, let me tell is, you what yeah. it is. It's, Part of it was the people around me. Yeah. Uh, my group of friends, they didn't disappear. Yeah. You know, I just, so what? You're in a wheelchair now. We're, yeah. You know, they learned real fast that they still needed to call me when they went rock climbing. Well, now I wasn't going to go rock climbing with them, but, well, come on, guys. I can shoot at you from with a BB gun from the car. You know, <laughs> don't not take me because you're worried I'm going to be offended because I can't rock climb. It's like, my mind goes, come we're on. We're taking Barry. Yeah, we want good parking. That's, that's exactly why I get to go to a lot of Mariners games. I mean, come it's on. amazing. Hey, right? yeah, okay. hey, you know what? We'll ride the tickets. You bring the car. You know, you got the handicap plate on your car. Yeah. That's right. Well, I had to put a wheelchair plate on the Mustang because people were keying it and then leaving notes with the paint on the note. Don't you dare take grandma's handicap decal. I'm like oh. you sons of oh yeah okay oh yeah oh yeah I got all sorts of nasty notes I'll show you one later it's my favorite one's just fantastic I, we didn't talk about it when I came in the Mustang yeah yeah let's, let's talk about it so uh, my dream car and my wife didn't believe me until just recently my dream car as a little kid was a 1968 Mustang okay always wanted it wanted yep. deep 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 just blue with chrome that's someday but uh, after my crash I was like no wait I almost died and I did not get my car. Yeah. My brother and I were driving out to Fall City to a party, and we went by this property that had this old 68 Mustang sitting in the front yard with a for sale sign. And I looked over, and you and I know I'm turning around. <laughs> <laughs> and we pulled in, and the little old lady was like, does it have an engine? And she was like, yeah, I just don't want it on the property anymore. You know, my husband you know, had a stroke and can't drive it and get it out of here. And I went, here's $20. I'm running down to Bank of America, and I'm going to get the rest of it. It'll be back in a half an hour. Don't sell it to anybody else. And there were three people waiting when we got back. And she's like, no, there was this nice young handicapped man who wanted the car. <laughs> well, it was a manual. And I couldn't drive it. So my brother got in it. We left his car, drove to the party, brought somebody back to get his, you know, to get his car. And I had a Mustang. Yeah. And I went and had an automatic put in it and got 400 plus thousand miles in that car. I've had two of them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So, so this yeah, is the second one? Yeah, there okay. were two for a long time. This one we restored while the other one was driving, and then I destroyed the other one. And then this has been my driver for almost 30 years. That's so awesome. I drive it every single day. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it's there's something very so American and iconic about that car. Like, even if you don't necessarily like cars, you know what a '68 Mustang looks like. Yeah. It's you know, kind of. Well, and yeah. my wife didn't believe me for a long time when I said, "No, this is my dream car. This is what I've always wanted since I was a little kid." And when my mom passed away, we were going through a bunch of boxes in the ba- basement, and I found my box of my old car magazines. And damned if I didn't have that car circled with a big sharpie, and I was like, "See, I told you." <laughs> <laughs> Did she want you to have something more? No, expensive? she just like, thought yeah. I was embellishing the story. You know, oh, I was like, it. oh, okay, okay. storyteller, you've always wanted a Mustang. And I was like, see, not a word. That's right. <laughs> so you've always been a, you've you've always always been a car guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no. Yeah. So you've always been a car guy. Always then. been a car guy. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I just always have loved cars. I didn't soup them up or do anything in high school with them. I had a you know, 1978 Buick Skylark that... Now I wish they had it. At the time, we called it the turd because it was brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, my wife's family is totally into cars. Uh, her dad's got a 66 Vat and a 55 210, and both of them are show cars. And Sweet. So they're Chevy nice. family. I'm Ford family. But, you know, there's just enough I've, room. I've known cougs that marry huskies. I know, happen, I know. So, but know. he's got their disabilities, yeah. as I <laughs> right. say. Theirs is in car choices. <laughs> not that I'm offending any Chevy guys no, out I, there. I, but, you're good. You're you good. know, it's all night play. True, true. So, wow. But, yeah, I mean, my thought is... Uh, if I can't drive the car that I want, then why? You know, what, what am I doing here? So right. So we put hand controls in it, which was awesome because those hand controls are the exact same hand controls the Dirtfish put in, in the Subaru ah. for me the other day. And, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, 68 Mustang's got a big door, so it's probably oh, it's, easier to get the chair in and out and all that, It is too. actually the easiest car I've ever gotten into. Cool. Who knew that at five years old I would know, I would okay. be foreshadowing, that the <laughs> easiest car for me to get in being in a wheelchair is a 1968 Mustang. I think you were or probably looking at a different, too, you know. Slightly different yeah, perspective, exactly. but again, yeah, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> you got to take it when it's given to you. <laughs> I'm going to look good in this car no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me about your time at Dirtfish, because that's pretty cool. Oh, man. So we're, we're actually filming a TV show, and okay. uh, it's called Barry's Accessible World, and I want to highlight the killer aspect of accessibility. For example, I went, <laughs> I went to a deaf dance. Okay. And, yeah. And it just it, my dad's it, deaf. My sister's an interpreter. My brother-in-law's deaf. My young one of my nephews is deaf. Yeah. So you totally get that world. Yep. It, what I learned, and I've got a couple of friends that are deaf, and I found out about this, and I wanted to go experience it. So uh-huh. we went. Well, I didn't realize I'd signed us up for the workshop. I thought we were going to watch, <laughs> and we actually participated, and we learned how to dance to Amazing Grace, and I mean truly dance, with from a group of people who have never actually heard the song. Okay. So we learned to sign Amazing Grace while we were moving in cadence based on the the leader of the dance um, the dance club just snapping his fingers in time to eight. Mm-hmm. And you know, one through you know, two, three, four, okay. five, six, seven, eight, one, two, all with total silence. Yeah. And it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. At the end of the two hours, we were ready for more. I was like, teach us more. Let's go to the next verse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like that. I'm actually, I went to dinner a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman um, and they blindfolded me and he's blind. Uh-huh. And it's a precursor because we've approached the NFL now and we're waiting for permission. But I'm going to go to a Seahawks game blind because my friend Clark told me, he's like, hey, you know what? I can listen to Steve Rabel in my earpiece and I know what's going on in the game, but I can feel the 12s. Oh, yeah. And I went, oh, I want to feel the 12s. You know, so we're going to go to a Seahawks game uh, blindfolded. The whole day I'm actually going to blindfold myself, and they're going to follow me around. And just experience, even though it's just a sliver, you know, I'll never really know what it's like to be blind or deaf or, you know, any of these other, you know, disabilities that that we're highlighting, but gives just a little bit of insight. So I went skydiving last Thursday, 
and we went up to Snohomish, and I've got pictures here, <laughs> okay. yeah. And we went to 13,500 feet, and my twins, Gavin and Grace, were actually in the back of the plane with us with parachutes. And we went, I went with and took a woman who uh, has got cerebral palsy, and she is... She can't, uh, she can't talk and she can't control any of the muscles in her body except for her head. Uh-huh. So on the back of her head, she has two pads, uh, one's dots and one's dashes, and she's learned Morse code like, years and years ago. And she moves her head back and forth, and then that types what she's typing, and then you read it on her screen. And in college, I met this woman. She's in this huge power wheelchair. And immediately, we, we became friends. And she just mentioned to me one day, she's like, yeah, I really wish that I could skydive, but nobody will skydive me being in a power wheelchair. And I went, well, that's bullshit. So I went out and found a skydiving company that would do it. So in college, actually it was July 7th, 1993, Tanya and I went skydiving for the first time. And last Thursday, almost 30 years to the month, we went skydiving again. And just to show people, that, hey, don't, yeah. don't let life get in your way. So it's not necessarily about your disability, it's about anybody no, with disability. That's, that's exactly right. Cool. I want to go, I okay. want to be the host and I want to go show just because, you know, like Dirtfish was all about me. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just going to be, be very <laughs> selfish and say that, yeah. you know, when Josie well, said yes, and show, I went, so okay, yeah. Yeah. because it's my show, I can <laughs> yeah. do what I want. Yeah. But I want to highlight just the killer aspects of accessibility. We found a surf company in San Diego that takes paraplegics out surfing. And I I've found a, yeah. a company out in uh, Colorado that takes veterans that are all different types of injuries, blind, um, paralyzed, and they take them out fly fishing into the rivers. And just, I want to highlight that because you don't see that. Yeah. And, and I've seen every travel show there is because I've been researching and there's one travel show that's got this adventure level highlighting accessibility because accessibility is just attitude. I mean, it really is, you know, accessibility or the lack of accessibility is just the environment's inability to adapt to what it is that I need or someone needs. And with the right attitude, that accessibility just becomes the norm like Dirtfish. They now have a car that's got hand controls. Anybody in a wheelchair who can use their hands can, and even if they have limited use of their hands, can go to Dirtfish and, and race a car. Who knew? Mm-hmm. It's freaking awesome. So I have, I have a question that's going to get into the weeds a little bit. No, go ahead in the weeds. You're going to go to the Seahawks game blind. Yes. Is someone going to push you around in your chair, or are you going to try to navigate blind Ooh. in a chair? That is a great question. We've been discussing that. And my son, who is an avid Seahawks fan, Tyler Lockett. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's like, Dad, I'm totally there. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll help. Because um, I'm going to be following a blind I'm guy fall, around. I'm going to volunteer so, to help, Dad. Yeah, Don't okay. you worry. I know yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like the, yeah. the, the joke of the blind leading the blind, like yeah. the blind leading the handicapped <laughs> blind. You know, it's like, that's what I need is Clark. Clark oh, and I are following God. his dog around to get us to, because we're yeah. just going to go straight to the hot dog stand if Aurelia is taking <laughs> us there. Because yeah. she likes hot dogs and she's his guide dog. So, yeah. so that's a great question. And we haven't actually gone into the weeds yet okay. about the, process but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna have a guide okay. because it would be more dangerous for everybody's ankles <laughs> in, in lumen field i gotta have both hands on the wheel and yeah. i can't i can't put the stick out okay so, all right i don't uh, know why can you imagine yeah. i can't yes that's, we can i know i know and so we'll figure that out just grinning going Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I remember. So, go ahead. I was just, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so this dinner I went to last yeah. week or two weeks ago with Clark, cause it was kind of a precursor and it was a, it was a fundraiser for the fighting blindness uh, foundation and they plated. So I'm blindfolded. They plated my food in front of me. I didn't even know that the food was there until I stuck my hand in the mashed potatoes. So now I'm realizing I don't even know what's on my plate. I know where my fork and knife are. Cause I wouldn't let go of those because that was my bearing. Yeah. 
but I'm trying to figure out what's on my plate. And I hear Mike laughing because I ate what I thought was lettuce. I ate the flour that was on top of the, <laughs> the food, which was decoration. But then I kept putting my hand in butter. I'm like, how do I keep putting my hand in butter? This is ridiculous. It's on my whiskey glass because I was drinking and whiskey. Who that keeps night. moving the butter? No, so but I it do was it. on the way home. My buddy, my video guy, my best friend goes, dude. I just want you to know, man, I put the butter on your whiskey. <laughs> oh, you are such a good friend. There we go. That's good friends, so yeah. It's, you know, it's, but That's it's a great. perspective on things. It was yeah. awesome because this sounds so ridiculous, but it was super eye-opening for me <laughs> to, to realize. It's an ironic thing to say. But yeah, it is. Yeah. That's yeah, why exactly. I can yeah. say that, yeah. you know, yeah. is that I didn't realize how loud everything is. And when I'm in a room with a group of people and everybody's eating and there's forks and there's knives and there's dinking in the glasses and there's 25 conversations, I'm just trying to talk to the guy next to me and I can't focus on what he's saying because there's so much ambient noise. Yeah. We got done and I'm like, Clark, man, he's like, Barry, I've been doing this for you know years. So, cause this is just my eye opening experience mm -hmm. of what it's like to be blind, which sounds funny, but it was true. It was a, it was a, an epiphany for me. Wow. And same with the deaf dance. Yeah. I learned that sign that ASL and sign language and those that are deaf, it's a different culture, not a different language. Oh yeah. You know, and I wouldn't have known that otherwise. It was yeah. fantastic. And to be able Amazing. to share that with everybody else, that's what I want to do with this thing. Yeah. Just open up the world's eyes to the fact that, Hey man, there's so much out there that we can do. I remember as a, there was like a, a joke that it was on the internet um, where there was a contest to, this is early, early on. Now you'd, now everybody would be really mad. This was a joke, but this was probably 10 years ago. They were like, there was a voting poll to, for a Taylor Swift concert. So this has been early in her career. It was already a horrible story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, except for the fact that she was like a rising star. And so, but as a joke, as the internet, when she first started out, there's a lot of hate for every pop star when they first start out. Right. So they're like, Oh, everybody like faked on the internet. internet. They did this contest. Everybody made these fake entries and they picked Gallaudet university, which is an all deaf university. What ironically happened was kind of a mass education of the society because people were like, no, we actually, deaf people love music. It's a huge thing. You could feel the beat still, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And they yeah. love a good concert. Yeah. And so uh, as she went through with it, and it was awesome. Like it was actually a huge, it was like the biggest <laughs> PR win for Taylor Swift ever and for the deaf community because it's like there's so many misconceptions that are like, no, you guys just have no clue. And so it was, it turned into a really positive thing and it kind of made everybody look like an ass, which as rightfully so, but it was like, there's all this stuff people just don't think about. And that's well, when you got into Taylor Swift, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, Red Album for Life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I just found a ticket for her Seattle show for $48,000. So right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I literally, yeah. I was just showing, I was like, hey, you guys, let's do four of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or a production budget. Right, exactly. Production budget, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how can I turn this? Uh, we need to go. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Is there a discount? Yeah. Wheelchair access? But I mean, you think about it when it comes to, you know, it was the it was the Magic Johnson for HIV. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's an event that then makes people understand. And it was Christopher Reeve for spinal cord injuries. Yeah, right. You know, and I hate to say it, but it's true. When he, you know, Superman's paralyzed, well, everybody in the world found out what spinal cord injuries were. And he has a beautiful foundation that's still alive today. And he and his wife ran. Why? Hmm. Because he was famous and, you know, he, he brought it to the spot. And he refused to go away. Even that's exactly he very right. Very much could have. He, yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. Kind of like the <laughs> Michael Schumacher's who's, you know, we don't know what's going on with him. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's um again, it's perspective too. I mean, uh, the land in the hospital, the the day that I was going to get out of bed, I had been in bed for a long time. I, I I don't know whether it was weeks or months, but it sure felt like years. And the nurses came in, and you know, they, there was a whole story about me trying to get dressed because I I'm 22 years old now. I don't even know how to put my socks on. 
And then, you know, I finally got myself dressed and Deb and Val, my two nurses came in and they were the sliding board that I needed to use to get out of bed to slide out because I wasn't strong enough to lift myself up. And halfway across was like, God, that's a terrible smell. Oh, that was me. I totally crapped myself. So they put me back in bed with the giggles that nurses do and they cleaned me up and then laid my socks down the bed and had to get dressed again. And when that second time came, as I was moving from bed over onto the sliding board, I realized that this was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. Because if that wheelchair wasn't there, I would be in bed forever. So the very first time that I actually consciously remember getting into a wheelchair, it was one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me because if it wasn't for that wheelchair, I'd be in bed. That's your freedom. So that was my freedom. And what's interesting is people in, in the public, for the most part, when they see the chair, there's automatically this, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and yeah. I get it. And it's cool. I mean, it, I, I see somebody who's worse off than I am, and I think the same thing. But people get this automatic negativity towards the chair, like, oh, because they're comparing. Could they handle it? What if it was them? Maybe they met somebody in a wheelchair once who was, you know, super negative. But for me, the chair has always, even though it's a pain, you know, and when I get out of bed, I got to get on the chair. When I get out of the chair to get in the shower and then back into the chair and then on the toilet and back in the chair and into the car. And, but yet without the chair, I'd be in a gurney. So the chair to me is this huge positive aspect of freedom. And because of the chair, I've gotten to do things that people can't imagine, like the crowd surfing and the, yeah. you know, the other things I've done. So the perspective of the wheelchair for me has always been a positive. It has <laughs> never actually been a negative. I mean, it's a pain in the ass sometimes, but it's never been a, oh, damn it, I'm in a wheelchair. It's, oh, man, I'm really glad that chair's here. <laughs> I got it. You got to tell the story from the concert in Marymore. Which one? The guy in the wheelchair in the front. And the idiot next to him. <laughs> oh, please tell me. <laughs> You're going to love this. <laughs> I don't, you may have to tell it because I don't know if I know all the detail. I forgot. Because we were at... Um, Revolution. Revolution. And... Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I, I know the I highlights. Know. So we go to Revolution and, you know, it's it's a... What, how, how do I say it? White Stoner Show? A White Stoner Show. <laughs> White Reggae Stoner Show. It's, what I, it, it's, I, red, it's I, Mary Moore. I, yeah. I, I like concerts. I like to listen to music. I'm not the guy that likes to be up front, you know, pushing it. And, and we all pushed up there. And there's a guy that comes up. I should not be laughing this much. In a wheelchair. And, he, you know, his buddies get him up there. And, you know, yeah. He's having a good time. He's at a concert. Right. And I don't know the exact phrase, but this very stoned, long-haired dude looks at him and goes, Dude, you are so lucky to have a seat this close. <laughs> and all of us, I mean, who are still, we were, okay, there was some, yeah, we all kind of, everybody kind of stopped and went, what the fuck? <laughs> and the guy in the wheelchair goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, lucky, right? You know, I, I forgot about that story. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that happens. It really does happen a lot. Well, the, those unassuming comments that I'm like, oh, are you, did you just say that to me? <laughs> You're right. you, know? you said something earlier when, when that nurse was, she's like, she's like, I hope you walk this journey. And I'm like, oh, that's the wrong wording. Yeah, like, no, you know, so, yeah. I know it's, it's I all that sense of, I always want to know, like I, I, right. I, I, I love talking to people that, that something has happened in their life and things like that, because I like to know the story. I mean, hence why we do podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, and there's never an easy way to be like, Hey, What'd you do? What happened? Like I said, right. you know, it's and, and some people don't want to tell the story, and well, I totally get that. Exactly, yeah. yeah, because it's a dark point in their life, and they may right. still be a part of it. So, um, you know, I, I talk just, to kids, yeah, and kids are easy. They're an easy study because they they actually younger kids, high school kids, and not so much. But the young kids, I'll tell them, you know what? If you see somebody who's in a wheelchair or has a cane, or it's okay to ask them if you can ask them what happened. 
And they'll give me the side eye look. I'm like, no, think about it. Is it okay if I ask you why you're in a wheelchair? Yeah. And the little kids will go, oh. And then they'll go, can I ask you why you're in a wheelchair? wheelchair. Yeah. You know, and the kids get it. <laughs> no. Because then, because then there's the person <laughs> yeah. who says, oh, man, I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah. You know, and, and, like, okay. and with the kids. And I tell adults that too when I do keynotes. It's like, hey, you know what? Ask if you can ask. Because all they can say is no. Most of the time people will say, yes, I, this is my situation. But every once in a while you got somebody who... They're, they're too new. They're too close to it. They maybe just happened to them or, you know, they've still never handled it. I mean, you've got so many different perspectives. So I like technology. I like cool things. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at your wheelchair and I'm just realizing it's carbon fiber. Oh, yeah, it's carbon fiber. <laughs> Which, is, is there some pretty cool technology for this kind of thing? Because I feel like, you know, as, as somebody who helped his grandmother and things like that and had wheelchairs and her wheelchairs were extremely heavy and, and I'm thinking, you know, got to be nice. And, I, and I've seen some of the technology as far as removable wheels and stuff like that. But, like, maybe you can kind of talk to us a little bit. I just realized I was like, that's carbon fiber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the best chair in the world. Okay. I'm really – it comes out of Toronto. Okay. Yeah. It's called Motion Composites, and I've waited for it for years. Uh for me to crash, I crashed at the perfect time when it came to technology because wheelchairs literally within the five years after my crash had this total reformation from the old school hospital, you know, angry wide metal yeah. or in a metal, but like steel yeah. hospital chair to these, yeah. the Vietnam guys were coming back and, you know, they were starting to get into the engineering side of things. And my first wheelchair I broke in like two months. It just, it couldn't hack it. And there was a guy here in Seattle, his name Jim Martinson, and he, he doubled amputee Vietnam. And he had started a company called Magic in Motion. And he was, he got the old school CAD machine out and they started just bending metal to see how they could make it better. And I got to go down and test them with them. And I went and backpacked around the world. I took a couple of years and just backpacked in my wheelchair. You know, started in New Zealand and Australia and then did all of Europe and bounced around. And I went to him and went, look, I need a wheelchair that I can put backpacks on. I need a chair I can put a little pouch underneath and backpacks on the side. We need to move the wheels here. We need to figure this out. And about six months of planning and boom, man, we had this brand new chair that when I got back from my trip, all the wheelchairs looked like it. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. So over the years, there's been lots of technological advances. Titanium was a big thing when titanium first came out. And then the aluminums got lighter and, and, and better. And then about seven or eight years ago, the carbon fiber came out and I tried a couple of them, but they weren't ready yet. And then I finally got myself into this and, and man, it just changed my life. It's half the weight. It's, I mean, and it's this whole beautiful chair, and it's a spoked wheel too, yeah, which you don't exactly. usually see. Yeah. yeah it's it's a beautiful so cool. chair. It's yeah. super lightweight. My wife can pick it up pretty much with one hand and put it in the car. Nice. It's easier on my shoulders. I mean, even the, the backrest is carbon fiber. I mean, the whole thing, everything on this wow. thing is lightweight. And I, I was just on the phone with him cause I'm giving him some tips <laughs> on how to make it better. Okay. And it looks like they might be passing a new one over to me for my show. So Sweet. I know. So cool. it's about time yeah. that the, the equipment, but technology right now is just fantastic. Um, cool. That we're, we're at a place where, uh, you know, things like carbon fiber, you know, it was, it was unobtainable 10 years ago, just expense wise. And now they're really dialing it in. And um, this is a Canadian company. It's harder to do things down here because the FDA gets involved and there ha there's a rigorous process to make sure it's safe. But in doing like Cannondale made the coolest wheelchair I've ever seen. I know it. And I've, I've yeah. seen it, yeah. but nobody would even let me touch it because yeah. the FDA never approved it. And by the time they were getting it approved, they actually canned it. And I know there's four or five of them out there. I'm like, come on, you guys. I know they're in a closet somewhere. Let's go. I was going to say, this sounds like something you right up the alley of a bike manufacturer. Absolutely. But again, they have to go through the yeah, process FDA. of getting it FDA yeah. approved, which is so cost prohibitive that. Yeah. I'll I have it. seen one in oh, person. Wow. 
because I did some amateur downhill racing for Cannondale back in the nineties. And, um, so because of the, the, the stuff that came through and there was a big, there was a book that came out, uh, with Cannondale, but I saw one, God, I'm trying to think, I don't remember when it was. It, and I saw the one where they took photos for the book because Cannondale built a motorcycle too. If you don't, you know, right. that. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. and it, and it's all part of their history, but that's a big part of it. But yep. I've seen one of those chairs. It's incredible. And yeah. nobody's ever used it. Nope. Nope. Lame. I know. I don't remember. I, I, but it's okay. These guys, they're Canadian. They get away with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Okay. <laughs> it's carbon fiber and maple syrup. That's right. There's exactly. some really good carbon stuff out of Canada. Yeah. 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 It's where a lot of the, the new manufacturing for board decks comes up because for all board sports. Oh, okay. Yeah. But snowboards, yeah. skateboards, stuff like that. A lot of this stuff gets designed up in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're out there doing all this. Stuff. What, is, what is it you want to do that, that, that somebody's told you you can't do yet, but you, you know, I don't want to give away anything on the show, but is there something that's like, you know. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> I'd really like to go to space and just float weightlessly. Fair enough. So when they oh, get that plane that, you know, yeah. what do they call it? The, yeah, the, the vomit comet. Vomit comet. Yeah. But that or even more, I okay. think that would just be fantastic. Because then paralysis doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so floating, that'd be cool. Okay. I'd dig that. That's really um, neat. I've done, I've done most of the con. I haven't done Africa yet. Um, and I, I'd really like to go. I know it's, 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 it's yeah. going to be a tough one for the, for just the accessibility aspect of things. And I know that, but, uh, they have tank yeah, I'd really like bikes. This. Uh, uh, they, they do have those, yeah. wheelchairs, yeah. but yeah, it's so a matter I of, I didn't mean know. bikes. I meant wheelchairs. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, those tank tracks yeah. are wicked cool. My yeah. friend Josh's dad, who he's passed away now, but he lived down in battleground. He was a Vietnam vet. He lost his legs, blow the knee. He had a tank wheelchair that he went hunting in. Oh, okay. Right. He was right. a big time hunter. Not a little bit like hardcore hunter. All over. I feel everything. like it would be hard to sneak up on something in a, in a tank. Sitting well, you'd be surprised. Really? They're they're not as loud as you would expect. Okay. Yeah. I don't like, know. Just... He'd just set up a blind. He'd get everything with him. But I mean, okay. hard. But he was going in there. Yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah. get that. And I think that's th- this idea. And you brought it up earlier. Somebody that's that can walk, looking at you, going, "You can't do that." It's like, well, I mean, right, right. Let, let's talk about it first. I mean, you may be right. There's, you know, there's certain things that, you know, you may, but it's just. Well, I'll show you the teaser here in a little bit for the show because we actually have the first teaser done. Oh, it. sweet. Okay. And it's, uh, you know, the, the line in it that is just kind of the epitome of it is, I love it when they say never. <laughs> <laughs> you yes. know, because that's what it is. You know, okay. it's, hey, every every obstacle out there is just an opportunity to be, you know, had. I got a spinoff question of that. What is still a pain in the ass for accessibility in the U.S.? Um, bathrooms, bathrooms. Uh, if you compare public bathrooms here with public bathrooms in Japan or like Tokyo specifically, um, they, the, the ADA is a fantastic law and the, the Americans with Disabilities Act really does set a standard for making yeah. things accessible and forcing companies and organizations to do that. The, the hardest part about the ADA, and I'm not faulting it at all, is that there's a range you know, and that range is, is the, the most people can access something based on this range that they've created. And that range isn't always appropriate. So for me, like my house is totally accessible for me. I had a friend over the other day. She was actually filming it in the shop out here and she's in a power chair. Mm. My accessibility didn't work for her. She could barely get into my bathroom because I can whip the corner. She was 10 inches longer in her chair's length than I am. So accessibility is relative um so bathrooms is the biggest thing curb cuts is another huge pain you know that they they only have to ramps they only have to redo them like seattle sucks Uh, actually seattle just lost a lawsuit and there's like twenty five thousand curb cuts they have to change in the next 10 years or something like that um for me it's it's you know physical accessibility um a friend of mine who's deaf uh, she and i were just talking and she 
told me a story that I just couldn't believe. And now I've had it kind of reiterated to me twice in the last couple of weeks is that when she goes into a store and you may have you know, experienced this with your family, that she'll go into a store and, and try and let them know that she can't hear. And as she's signing or maybe even getting out of text, they'll just walk away. Oh yeah. And they'll just leave her standing there. And, you know, when we were talking about it, I went, you got to be joking me. And then I thought about the stupid things that people do to me. You know, oh, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me that much. Yeah. But just experiences like that, that, um, you know, accessibility, uh, because it's so relative, it's hard. And I wouldn't expect everybody to, you know, to understand. It's just not what I'm asking for. And I'm cool going in the back of a restaurant. Some people aren't. They want access like everybody else. I realize that the world is not an accessible place, and if somebody makes the effort to get me in, I'm cool. Yeah. Whether it's me going through the kitchen, who cares? You get to see the kitchen. Um, yeah. And there are those Probably who view win. Your meal. But, yeah. no, but there's a totally different perspective on accessibility in itself of just how you view me. We've been doing these interviews, so I'm a realtor at my day job. And I got into real estate because of accessibility, and we've actually made some changes here in Washington that are super cool. So in Washington, you can actually now list accessibility features in a listing, and a buyer can find those only in our state. Just in the NWMLS? In then? the NWMLS, correct. Okay. In the they Northwest let multiple. you before? Well, there was just no. Well, um, access, um, real estate is just data. So I was going to say that you've, got, there. you've yeah. got how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, what's the square footage, what's the county, what's the school district, all that data. And there was nowhere in the database to add accessibility. Ah, okay. And there was a few reasons. One, liability. If they do it wrong, they could get sued because of the ADA and the Fair Housing Act and all this stuff. And then secondarily, there was no standard. So again, I already said accessibility is relative. So when you say wheelchair accessible, what does that mean? It's like saying it's green. Hmm. So you know, what shade of green? Well, like you um, said, your bathroom is accessible to you. That's yeah. right. So right. what we did was we got together and we broke down a piece of pro- property like my house let's say and we've got approach entrance bathroom kitchen bedroom all these different aspects of a house or a property and then each one of those each one of those sections of the property has then uh, a form that you can go in and fill out what accessibility that section has so if you check the bathroom then you can go in and say it's got a roll-in shower it's got a step in shower it's got you know a roll under sink or all these things so a realtor can now add that data and what was cool was the NWMLS, the Northwest Multiple, sent our data, our taxonomy, to the, the real estate standards organization. And they'd never seen it like what we did. So they adopted ours as the national standard. So we created the national standard for accessibility so cool. in real estate. And it's been super cool. That's really, so, yeah. so now in Washington, a realtor can look at my house and go, oh, it's got bedrooms, bathrooms. Oh, it's got accessibility. It's got bathroom accessibility. And here's what the bathroom accessibility is. So when someone's looking, they can go, oh, does that work for me? Is it adaptable? You know, is it accessible or adaptable? Because that's what? the first time somebody like you, or first thing people are going to ask if, if they're in a wheelchair, it's like, how can I get into this house? That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mine's a nightmare. Yeah. How many more stairs can you find that, right. are, that are like built well, before any standards? So they're and too the thing narrow. was, is that your house, I'm not even going to look at your house in the MLS when I'm looking for a house because there's no way you're going to take a tri-level or a split level and make it accessible yeah. for me. So, yeah. And even that's interesting. And you know this. So the place I had uh, in Sammamish, the first mm-hmm. place, the big place, remember they rented it to me? Yeah. And they rented it to me and it was during COVID. And so I went in, I looked at it really quick and I, I was like, yeah, I want it. Well, it was ADA. Uh. And they rented it, which was fine. But like, do you remember like my bedroom, it, the, the, the roll-in shower, which a walk-in shower was in my bed. It was the smallest bathroom. I had this giant bathroom that had a tub in it, which I didn't get. And then that had this, I had this small bathroom attached to my bedroom that had a supposedly accessible. And I'm going like, it was to the point where I would walk in there. I had to close the door to get to the shower. And I'm like, how would anybody in a wheelchair do this? Like it was ridiculous. Well, you so see, the thing is, is the yeah. person who used that yeah. might've been in a walker. 
And and they yeah. came in. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, you're so right, it's, but you know, it was yeah. still like. Oh yeah. Oh, I still question. If I have to close the door to get my fat ass through. Yeah, right. Somebody in a walker is going to have trouble. But I was going to say, I would thought your biggest problem was somebody you know waiting in line to go use one of the stalls of the bathroom and taking the ADA stall. But I don't really care because if you got there first, man, use the big stall. You know, I mean, that, that doesn't bother me at all. No, What's interesting it's is happened just to the, everybody once where you're in there and then right. all of a sudden like, you see oh, the wheels. The wheels are coming. You're like, oh, I know. I had to go, man. That's right. And then you're apologizing. <laughs> you know, I've even had a guy buy me a drink once. Yeah, he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, sorry, I took your bathroom. Okay, man. Yeah, it's not yeah. my bathroom. Yeah, uh, you were there first. You yeah, know, just don't stick it up. You know, leave me a square, man. Yeah, uh, but you know, different perspectives. What's interesting is I. I'm in the chair and it's pretty obvious. I've turned it into a career. You know, I'm at a public speaking company and I do real estate, you know, focused on accessibility. I do all real estate, but accessibility is my focus. You know, I, I do these things and I've got the show and it's part of my world. You can see the chair. It's, it's who I am. But one of my dear friends, she doesn't want to talk about the chair. She wants you to look at her and, and don't be inspired because she brushed her teeth this morning. And I get that. And I say it with a little bit of a smart ass tone, because I've never been that guy. It's like, you know what? If you're inspired by the fact that my life is a little bit harder because I'm in the chair, then if that helps you benefit your world, go for it. But there are some who are diametrically opposed to that. And I have to accept that. And I have to, I do accept that. Well, they want to be seen as, and they want to be seen as the person in the chair. I mean, it's called people first. It's, you know, talk about the person and then about the disability, but the deaf community doesn't talk about people first because they don't see their deafness as a disability for the most part. So it's, it's been a fascinating journey learning this with real estate and now with the show. And we've had to be really careful about terminology because we're always going to offend someone and that's cool. I like doing that. But you know, if we can offend the least amount of people, then we, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Somebody's going to be mad. Just always going to be mad. That's right. There's even a lot of opposition to cochlear implants because of that, because they don't see it as a disability. They see taking a a cochlear implant is like recognizing it as a disability. And that's, and yeah, it's, I mean, depending on who you talk to, big, big, like they're either really for it or really against it. There's not yeah. a lot of people in the middle. That's right. So. Well, I knew that I had, I had become successful when, uh, in my speaking, when I pissed a guy off, I told a story about the first time I snow skied and it was one of my buddies who was in a snow, in a, like a sit ski and he took me up a black diamond run. I shouldn't have even been on the bunny slopes at this point, <laughs> jerk. But anyhow, so I'm sitting on the ledge knowing I'm going to die and he, and he turned up, he's like, come on, gimp. Just go, Gimp, go. So then I did, and then I you know, yeah. tumbled down the mountain. So I told the story, and after this, it was a corporate gig. And it was funny because the CEO of the company had come up to me right before I went on stage. He goes, you have a 100% money back guarantee, right? Because he was paying me a lot of money. He was yeah. just joking. I was like, really? Yeah. Pressure? Thanks, yeah. dude. So after the gig, this guy in a wheelchair comes up, and I've got you know, 25, 30 people waiting in line to give me a high five and a hug. And this guy comes up and goes, I can't believe that you said the word Gimp in front of all of my coworkers. Now they're all going to think I'm a gimp. And I just looked at him and was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Are you? Are you a gimp? <laughs> you know? And, then he, and I think that probably wasn't the right thing to say to him. And he was a little well, bit mad at me at that point. And finally, not was your like, friend. Dude, you weren't skiing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling yeah. a story. And yeah. just for, I was like, get out of my line. You know? So I called my dad, who was a CPA. I was like, Dad, I just pissed a guy off really bad. Can he sue me? And he's like, Barrett, it's time to incorporate. And he goes, and welcome to being a professional. I get pissed somebody off. <laughs> can he sue me? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so I incorporated. Hey, so dad, he can take that printer over there and gimp, a piece of paper. Uh, just mad at me. No. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was how I started my public speaking company. It was I incorporated that day, and boom. Now I have talk and roll enterprises. I've had it for 30 years because I pissed off a gimp. You know? That's awesome. 
<laughs> I was laughing at your license plate. It says I roll. I roll, I know. <laughs> yeah. So much. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry this has, you know, halted your life and you've done nothing, but, you know. <laughs> I'm, we're we're yeah. praying for you. Uh, uh, thank you. I appreciate you know, all the support prayers. I can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, like I said before, life is just perspective, man. That's not how you look at it. Everybody's got it. their wheelchair. Mine's just more obvious. Yeah. Huh. I mean, really. Everybody. Everybody has got their thing. Most people's is invisible. And mine's just much more visible. Oh, not ours. That's why we have a podcast. Squirrel. Video. Yeah, well, you guys talk about it. Yeah, who, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you guys doing here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're just driving around the neighborhood. That guy's in a wheelchair. Let's ask him questions. <laughs> People have stopped and asked me things like that before. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a guy stop and go, you know, this is really random, but I'm in a nightclub. You know? <laughs> is it okay if you can't get in it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I went, well. Fair question. I guess that depends. Yeah. Well, actually, just recently I had a... a a friend's husband who came and said, gosh, I really want to make my nightclub accessible, but historically the building is designed in a way that it just, I don't know. And I don't know how to do it. Right. I was like, well, bring me down. It's got a Let's bar, go. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of Buy drinks. We can be creative. Absolutely, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. yeah, but people, people will just stop and ask that. Wow. Where do you get that chair? Yeah, my I grandma's in a wheelchair. That would be asking about the carbon fiber. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Well, well, I like, do get people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, like, that's awesome. It's mountain bikers that like the chair. Yeah. Seriously. Nice. When I went up to Crankworks at Whistler, yeah. oh man, it was like an exhibit. Yeah. Well, those, <laughs> those four wheel, crap. those four wheel, ch- oh, those are Oh, they're insane. awesome. Oh, yeah, I've got pictures. I've done yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Is that fun? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the downhillers online. I've though. seen some guys in videos that have done that on a line up at Whistler. Oh, yeah. That's the big That's where I learned how to do it. Yeah, he's flying. It's crazy. The first time I hit a bridge, I came around the corner, and the br- the bridge was in front of me. And he didn't immediately, go over a bridge, just so we're clear, he hit a bridge. No, well, yeah. no, immediately I realized that I was probably wider because it's a single track. Oh, but the guy in front of me who was in a chair too had made it across the bridge. I thought, well, uh, I'm just going to close my eyes. So I just aimed for the middle and shut my eyes, and, and somehow I made it across the bridge. I have no idea. You're like, he, we got there, and he's like, dude, I can't believe you followed me across that bridge. I didn't think it was long enough or wide enough. I went, you didn't know? He's like, Wait no, it was minute. a new one. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, those mountain bikes, they are awesome. And I mean, and full I, so, suspension. They're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah four-wheel independent brakes. It's actually got four brakes on it, so you can lock up your rear left. You can lock up your front right. Yeah. Taking corners is so much fun. It's like drifting at dirt fish. You you know, you use your weight ratio to get around corners. That sounds awesome. Kendall needs to get into that. I mean, they got the best mountain bikes right now. So, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's super cool. Well, there's a dude up in up in Whistler. He lives in Pemberton, just north. And his um, his grandpa bought the rights from the guy who had invented the first one. Okay. I was up there, and people kept going, "Dude, are you are you here with Johnny?" And I was like, "No, it's Johnny." And I see this guy booking around and pushing one of those, and I went, "Are you Johnny?" He's like, "Yeah." When everybody's been telling me I need to talk to you. And he goes, well, what makes you think that you can ride one of these? I went, have you bungee jumped in your wheelchair? And he went, nope, I'll meet you here tomorrow morning at 730. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> can we just become best friends? That's yep. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. And when I wrecked it, I flipped it bad. I bent one of the wheels. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to buy this guy a new one of these. They're like $20,000. And he looked at it and went, nice. He goes, come back in an hour. R&D. He goes, I'll have it fixed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. R&D. Yeah. Yep. The guys in the bike shop were stoked, fixed it up. Back I went. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. It's super fun. That's yeah. amazing. What's yeah, the weirdest question somebody's come and just randomly asked you? Like, what's that been? Woman, just been like, what the woman F? in a bar, straight up, lost the bet and asked, "Can you still get it up?" <laughs> You're like, "Wow, <laughs> not for you." Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Take that off, and then we'll see. Exactly, you know, it's like, yeah. no. 
<laughs> no, I, yeah. that, I mean, I say that's the weirdest, but that's definitely the most forward. And that's happened a couple of times. And once it benefited me, the other times no. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. so yeah. I definitely would have been like, as somebody a bystanding, I'd be like, what the did I just well, hear? And my buddies were like, she lost a bet. You know, I was like, I don't care. She was cute. She can ask. Uh, <laughs> this is why my kids look like the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Fair enough. Um, I, I get weird questions. Uh, how do you eat? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually had that. So because I don't have enough to do, I've been working on this book for a while. And I finally found a writer who's just a rock star. And she's helping me write it. And I mean, this, this right here is actually just a, a pamphlet full of all my stories of traveling around the world and doing everything. And uh, I was talking to a bunch of preschoolers <laughs> and with preschoolers, I'm just t- telling them it's okay to say hi to somebody in a wheelchair. Right. They don't have yeah. to be afraid. Yeah. I'm not giving them any details. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, if you see someone in a wheelchair, you can come over and you can say hello to them. That's okay. And one of these little girls, she was the, the only one that could ask me how I eat. Then I wasn't going to roll my eyes at her because she did. She asked me how I eat. Well, I eat with a fork. And she said, well, how do you get into the bathtub? Well, that was a great question. Here, I'll show you. So I reached down and I put one hand on the side of my chair and the other hand on the other side of my chair to just lift myself up out of my chair. And she went, don't forget, you can't walk. <laughs> I love kids. And, I looked, I, I, and I looked, and you could see her mom just went, uh, and I looked at her mom and went, she just gave me the title for my book. You're good. And that's the title of it. Don't so I'm you. that guy who's got oh, the title of awesome. the book before the book was written because that's the title. Don't forget, you can't walk. I love mine. Just like freaking that. brilliant. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just so honest. It was, it was out of care. Kids. It was like, yeah, 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 she was worried. I mean, I, I was sitting in Nordstrom's one day at Bellevue Square and I was just sitting there and all of a sudden this little kid climbed up in my lap <laughs> and he's sitting on one leg looking at me like waiting for me to read him a book. So I'm, you know, got my hands up in there like not touching, you yeah, know, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm looking around, looking around and all of a sudden I catch eyes with the mom and I saw her head go, oh shit. And she walked <laughs> over and I went, dad, she went, grandpa. And then there's the other little kid, you know, that comes up, are your legs broken? You know, if I stabbed your leg with a knife, would it hurt? You know, this, but kids are great. It's when adults say those things that I just roll yeah. my eyes. But, I'm yeah. getting a lot of my questions answered, but no, I'm sure you are. Yeah. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the knife. Stay over there. Stay I'm paralyzed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm on no, fire. But, but it, it just the other night we were at the we went to the Thunderbirds hockey. Yeah. On New Year's actually we went down and watched the Thunderbirds and I took it was my wife and I and then our our um twins are 18 and then our travel family their kids are uh, their daughters are like 13 and 15. So we're all outside afterwards and we wanted to get a group picture. And this dude was standing up on one of these little islands of concrete islands right outside of Shower Center. And he was spinning around with the kids and they were laughing at him as he would spin around. So he'd gotten done and he was a little bit woozy, but he was just standing there. I go, hey, dude, I went, can you, can you take a picture for us? I went, can you stand enough to take a picture? And he just turned and went, can you sit long enough to have one taken? <laughs> and it was, and I'm not quoting him, but it was close. It was, it was that. And what was awesome was my whole crew just lost it. But I looked at this woman who was with the guy and she's oh. like, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that to the handicapped man. He got man. offended on somebody yeah, else's behalf. I know, yeah. it was awesome. But yeah. I mean, my whole crew was like, that was the funniest, funniest thing, thing we've ever exactly. heard. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was, it could have been taken as a, are you, did you just say that to <laughs> me? But that was pretty awesome. It was like, oh no, that was good. I could take it. I could see that. Oh, that's amazing. It's pretty funny. Absolutely amazing. 
Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you taking the yeah, time. Um, I mean, I don't know how much details. When, when will we, we be seeing the show? Or So we're um, maybe a little premature, but we're pitching it now. Okay. So it's not premature. I mean, we're, we're hoping for fall. Okay. Um, we got a couple more things we're going to do. We're doing the Seattle episode is basically what our pilot, our pitch is. And for example, we, uh, I went and bottled wine. Uh, one of our local wineries, Sparkman Cellars. Oh, yeah, I know Sparkman Cellars. Yeah. Sparkman figured out how I could help because I went, I want to help. You know, and my Roll wife over was, the grapes instead of Stefan. No, yeah. what they did was they they let me they let me put all the uh, the stickers on the boxes, man. I mean, it was it was perfect for me. It was like perfect tight. I don't have to move. You know, and my wife Emily was inside the truck, you know, doing corks and all the the fun stuff. Um, so, for example, I mean, they just went out of their way and figured out a way for me to help sure. because there wasn't a job that was truly accessible for me to do. And then the Space Needle, we went and toured the Space Needle. The Space Needle did a 2018 multi-million dollar retrofit of the whole Space Needle and they made it absolutely as accessible as it can be. All the glass floor it is and everything. fantastic yeah. what they've done. Okay. They have the coolest ramp lift I have ever seen. 250000 bucks to do this in a round building. And just things like that that nobody knows about, man. So we're putting all this together and we're pitching it to uh, uh, Netflix and and uh, uh, let's see, Nat Geo and Discovery Network, and we're going for it. This, so if I, somebody I no knows doubt. if somebody knows somebody. It's going to be a bidding like, war, I think, because yeah. I think people are, that's going to be such an amazing thing to watch, and, and I think it will really enlighten a lot of people. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's yeah. the hope. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little hello funny. McFly moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, yeah. There's a lot of those. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You know, and if you come at those McFly moments with a giggle instead of a. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. It changes the world. You know, and actually, one of the things my buddy Mike, who's he's helping me with the way he and I are doing the show, actually, he's much better at it than I am. I'm just the guy in the front of the camera, is we're also trying to enlighten the disabled community that they got to have a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. Because until you know, you don't know. And you know what? You may say you, but people say things not thinking about the fact that they could be taken derogatory yeah. and they really for the most part they're not trying to be you know, an idiot or they're trying to be offensive so in this we've been we've been playing the side of you know those who have got disabilities need to have a little bit of grace because until somebody's educated in what they should and shouldn't say you can't blame them for not knowing and and it goes both ways i mean this is a communication thing and all communication has at least two you know so yep. so this isn't just an eye-opener to the world of what we can do from the disabled side of the world it's also i want that disabled side of the world to realize hey you know what? You got to have the right attitude. Too. Yeah. You know, and it, Some, everybody can aren't learn trying to be this. offensive. They That's just, right. They want knowledge. Yeah. And it happens all the time. People will ask a question that the woman I'm with who's sitting in the wheelchair going, Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. I went, yeah, well, did you see how I answered it? You know, and not that I'm perfect because I make fun of people too, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's a perspective thing. Yeah. I say it all the time because it just, it is so much. And for me, it's just about freedom to be able to do what I want. Agreed. Have a good time doing it. Well, we look forward to it. I mean, and we'd love to have you back on when you when the show yeah, comes out and talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. We'll look at the trailer as soon as we're done so everybody else awesome. can just wait. <laughs> well, we appreciate it as always for you this bet. episode of the Avance Podcast. As always, I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>